What keeps farmers from taking on ag tech? And how is the industry working to adapt? Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vocher, host and editorial director for Farm Progress. There are a lot of interesting and potentially useful innovations targeting agriculture. So why aren't more farmers buying in? That's the question the consulting firm McKinsey & Company asked in its third ag tech survey. The organization polled 6,000 farmers around the world to get a better idea of what factors play into a farmer's decision to adopt new technology. The report, Ag Tech Breaking Down the Farmer Adoption Dilemma, is an interesting read. To dig into the insights offered by the report, we connected with Vasant Ganesan, partner, and Maria Garcia de la Serrano Lozano, who's an associate partner at the firm. We discussed some of the roadblocks and what farmers are saying about tech adoption for the future, and we dig into some factors that may drive ag tech adoption in the years ahead. So Vasanth and Maria from McKinsey, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Boy, thank you for having us. Uh, we're excited to be here to have this conversation on this topic. Thank you. Happy to be here. Great, great. So the uh, topic, of course, is ag tech and ag tech, agricultural tech, technology adoption. But you took a pretty broad look at this and it was kind of an interesting thing. But I guess wh- uh, who wants to give me an overview of the some of the things that were in the report? I mean, you do have we'll talk about the five points, but what what was the point of the sub- study and what do you think you learned out of it? Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll get a start here and then I'll let Maria jump in. Um, I mean, we, we, you know, the headline of the entire research um, is agriculture technology as an adoption challenge, right? It's not, it's not that new to people who have been in ag tech now for a few years. But we were really curious to understand what are the big barriers to scaling uh, agricultural technologies. Um, we were also very curious to understand what is the farmer's perspective in this, right? Um, how do they view technology? How do we, they view technology fitting into the future of agriculture? So in order to understand this, we um, have launched our, you know, an annual global survey where we survey about 6,000 different farmers, close to 6,000 individually. So we tried getting a sense for the farmer sentiment in the survey. Um, it's 6,000 survey, 6,000 farmers across about you know eight different regions. Um, and um, I think this year was very interesting for us because we focused on a few specific topic areas, which is ag tech, we focus a lot on sustainability. We focus a lot. We spend some time understanding how do farmers interact with their suppliers and what do they want out of that experience. Um, we also spend some time, you know, with them, uh, uh, kind of digging a bit deeper into what type of technologies do they use in the farm and what do they anticipate using in the future. So that's kind of what we have tried to unpack here. What are they using? How are they using it? And how are farm? What do they want more out of this? And the day over here being farmers at the heart of this, right? Because uh, they are the ones who run the agricultural industry. Sounds like a small undertaking. Uh, 6,000 farmers. Now, this was a global survey. I wanted to be clear on this. You've got data from South America, and we're, we'll include a link to this survey, uh, this, the report in the write-up for this. Um, I guess to start out, anything out of the report that was uh, unexpected once you started collating? Either one of you can answer that. Yeah, maybe I can take that one. Um, so I think that the first thing that was unexpected were some issues that we knew about but are still unresolved. 
Like, for example, we're still seeing this trust data sharing concerns, like 25% of farmers in North America have concerns about sharing their data. And this is not new, but what, what is uh, unexpected is that we're still, still we're hearing that feedback from farmers. Same as um, we've seen online platforms for a long time, but farmers are still saying this, they don't have the customer experience that they would like. 57% of farmers in North America say they don't provide the customer service they need or the customized recommendations. And this is something, an issue that has been unresolved. I'd say second uh, on what was um, unexpected views from the results are the customer's low willingness to pay for these technologies. And as, the, as we say in the article, some of this is driven by farm management software um, starting to like, trying to scale with low low prices or offering the services for free to get started. Um, and I would say that the third one is the variance between the, the across the regions, right? Like we see different use cases in North America, Europe versus Asia or Latin on what technologies they prefer to use. Billy, yeah, that was I, interesting. I jump in, like I, I just want I probably want to add. Sorry to kind of jump in, but I think the number two point around this thing around, if you look at our, I think it's exhibit two or three, I think it's exhibit three, where we show this data, which is actually surprising in its own, which is you see one in two farmers saying that, you know, um, they want to adopt technologies. They want to, you know, use technologies to drive yield on the farm, right? And you also have one in two farmers saying they don't want to pay for it. So I think that's a little bit of the dilemma of ag tech in general, if you have to synthesize it, how do you build business models when that is kind of what you have, right? Um, and I just want to stress that in a, in a second point that Maria mentioned, because I think that's on top of mind for several people in the ag tech space. Well, that that's a significant hurdle. If a guy doesn't want to, or a gal doesn't want to pay for the service, does that just mean that the industry hasn't properly characterized its value proposition yet? I do think so. I think there is maybe a couple of pieces to it. One is around the ROI constantly comes up in all our research is one of the reasons that farmers don't adopt technology as much as they would like to, which is there's an unclear view on ROI. How do they get the money back? Um, they, but that's not the only reason, though. There are a couple of other reasons also always you know, pop up to the top three. One's around the high cost of technology, which actually is surprising to me given how you know, how much costs around technology has dropped in the last 10 years or so. Um, I mean, when you look at sensor costs, when you look at cost of LIDAR, cost of cloud processing, et cetera, it's all dropped dramatically in the last 10 years. But in agriculture, we're still hearing, again, you know, 45 to 50% of the farmers saying technology cost is one of the big reasons why they're not able to adopt technology, you know, uh, adopt technologies on their farm. Um, and the third one is much more, sounds very simple, but also very hard problem to solve, uh, sounds like for the suppliers, which is they want the products to be simple to use. Um, and they want it to be like, uh, when you build software or any technology for agriculture, your audience ranges from, you know, maybe, you know, an 18, 20 year old to all the way to 70, 75, 80 year old farmer. And how do you build technology that's easy to use for that wide range of, you know, personas um, it's probably the third. So those would be three areas. So it's all tied to ROI in a way, but I would say it's it's more than ROI, but ROI is still a big piece of it. That is a significant challenge. I guess I you don't always think about the wide ranging audience. You know, the 20 year old has a different take on 
pushing buttons on a tablet versus the 80 year old who just maybe got his first iPad. So yeah, it does change your thoughts, but that also means that the software have to work to take um, complex background software and make the front of it very simple. Right. I mean, are we getting there? Or I mean, you're hearing, no, that's what you're hearing in the survey, right? Yeah. Maybe a couple, a couple of observations from the, from the research. I think one, when it comes to data, I think the answer is still there is a lot of work to be done, which is um, like, for example, one of the big themes in the industry right now is around sustainability. And there have been a lot of programs that are being rolled out to improve soil health or, you know, better improve your, um, uh, uh, you know, how you manage your farm from a pure sustainability oriented way, for which there's a lot of data collection required, um, which takes a lot of time. And some of the programs require data going back to three, five, ten years. Um, and this is not how farmers think about uh, their operations or run the operations. Some of them do, the large ones, uh, but not the majority who are much more smaller operations. So I do think there's an opportunity for innovation around our, our, in our companies to figure out how do we simplify you know, data collection, data synthesis, and being able to you know, put that data to good use for the farmer without putting the burden back on the farmer. Right? So I think, I think that's one on the, on the back end of things. On the front end piece, um, I think there has been a lot of uh, movement in this space over the, we have conducted, this is the third time we're conducting our survey. We do see this trend continuing to be reinforced in every time we run the survey, which is the need for more personalization. Um, I do think the data suggests it's getting better slightly, but a lot more improvement and a lot more nuanced than before. Um, because what you're really trying to, you're really trying to, um, mimic uh, or, or bring to life what happens in the real world uh, online. Um, so how do you make someone feel like they got a good deal online? Or how do you make sure that they can trust the data that a satellite is telling them? Um, I said, I think there's some work to be done by the companies and the suppliers in the space to make it easier to digest some of these you know, data even more, right? Uh, so it's so some progress, but a lot of work ahead. <laughs> there is a lot of work ahead. and. I hear talk about leaning on things like artificial intelligence to make that data more valuable, but that's a trust issue too, right? I mean, how do I trust the AI's thought process, for lack of a better phrase? Yeah, that's an area we didn't go really deep in the space, but we did talk, we did try to understand a little bit of what are some of the big concerns, and it all, the data piece always comes up. The data privacy uh, mm -hmm. topic is at top of mind, uh, but I do think though it is it is. In the end of the day, the behavior that we are really trying to, um, you know, work with is farmers have bought and sold real tangible things all their lives. And data is is a bit hard to understand what is the value of the data. But as an owner of the data, you're possessive of the data. So I think the onus is on the supplier and the ecosystem to really, you know, help the farmer capture value from the data that they are taking from the farmer. Uh, are, are willing to share the data across different players in the agriculture value chain to get more value from the data, right? So I think it's a it's a bit of a value equation. It's not very clear in every application. That's probably how I would put it. But there are some applications where it's very clear, where the farmer knows why they're giving data, and they still own the data, but they're giving access to the data to be able to get some value for themselves. So those use cases, I think you'll see a lot of lean in to your point. Uh, mm -hmm. But in use cases where you don't understand what is going to happen with my data, and if there's any sense of monetization of the data beyond their knowledge, I think there's a lot of skepticism around that, especially given you know coverage in the topic, right?
Yeah, it has been hanging out there that what are they doing with my data? But the other side of it is if you hold that data to yourself, it doesn't have very much value. It it really needs to go play well with good information on both sides. So in other words, uh, the supplier having that data can do a better job with a decision engine to come back to the farmer who shared the data and say, oh, you know, you would do better with this fungicide if X, Y, and Z. But that decision is hard to make when there isn't enough pile of data from all the different farms. It's a, it, it's, it's again, back to sharing that value proposition with the farmer in a way that um, they understand that the quid pro quo, I share my data, but boy, I get a lot back for it. If they're not getting that value, why would I share it? I think that's fair. And, and it's okay. It doesn't, I don't think it assures everybody just to keep telling them, well, you control all your own data. It's like, great. But what do I get for this? So, yeah, that makes sense. No, um, really, that is that is a really good point you're picking up on, right? If you also look at the survey, you will, if you if you kind of mm-hmm. dig deeper a little bit, you'll see that we asked the growers, like, you know, what are their biggest challenges to purchasing agricultural products? It's a bit different from using precision agriculture technologies in the farm, but using technologies to purchase what they buy today. Mm-hmm. And you'll see across regions, one of the big reasons that they give that they are, the challenges that they highlight is, I cannot get customized recommendations on what to buy. But, you know, to customize recommendations, you need to know the farmer more, which means they are looking for that kind of value, right? So how do you bridge the gap? I mean, it's, it's a really interesting problem because they're not saying, don't tell me what I want exactly. They're saying, tell me what, customize it for me. Um, but yeah, to your point, it just can't, it just occurred to me as you're saying, yes, you, you know, the both sides of the equation they want, right? Right. That makes sense. I mean, what am I getting? And, yeah, customize the application, but I'm not going to share a thing. That's going to be challenging. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what is the message you think that this report and the survey of these respondents are saying to the ag tech industry? As I mentioned, a lot of money is going into this industry still, a lot of startups. But what should they gather from this report? Maria, any thoughts on that? You're saying what uh, farmers or what uh, what what, ag tech? what the industry what the mm-hmm. industry well the ag startups should be taking yeah. from this survey what farmers are saying. No, I think we've we've touched on on a couple of topics. One on the the data sharing integrated solutions, and if I we go deeper into integrated solutions, is basically how can all these companies have like, use the different sources to get insights to the farmers. Um, so it's not just your solution, but how can everything be integrated so that one, the onboarding process for the farmer is not as painful and they have a seamless uh, experience across all the different solutions. So they don't have to to be uh, interacting with each and and, and and all of them, but but have a, a one uh, way to interact with them. Second one, we talked about personalizing the the front end, but it's not just the front end. I think that the whole customer survey, but the whole customer journey needs to be easier. I think that uh, they need to personalize the experience for not only the the end customer starting points on on tech savviness, but also depending on the the crop type, the farm size. We're seeing how larger farms are adopting more, but what about that medium and smaller size farmers? Um, how do we change the the products and the customer journeys to get them adopting and then another one would be the business model so if they decide that the high cost and unclear roi are large barriers to adopt how can these companies change their business models um, to adapt to this need like how can they have fewer upfront 
uh, costs on, on hardware? Can they kind of switch to leasing and renting versus having a high capex cost upfront? On how can they scale those pricing structures so that that smaller firm can can see this technology is it still makes sense for me from an ROI perspective? It makes perfect sense. You know, you made the comment about the seamlessness of working across different platforms. There's kind of been a fight to become the dashboard. That that mm-hmm. I I will be the dashboard and all this other stuff supposed to talk to me. But I'm saying this, and these are some power players in agriculture, and that's in South America, Europe, and in North America. How do we are we getting close to overcoming that, or is that still probably part of the challenge ahead? Yeah, I don't think there's a one platform of choice, and there's still um, a lot to to do in this space where there's, there's still competition and there's more players coming in. And there's a decision to make on these new players, should they recreate their own platform or should they partner with others? Uh, and I don't think there's a there's a clear view on who is winning or which platform should we use as the as the one, two platforms that, that all farmers use. So I think this is still an unresolved uh, challenge. Yeah, the one true platform. It sounds like the one to rule them all, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as, as we look at that, I mean, when you're looking, I'm going to go back to sustainability for a minute because that comes up a lot lately when I'm having conversations about data and technology is we're the consumer after the pandemic. The consumer wants to know where their soybean came from and how that soybean was raised. I don't think we've gotten that far yet, but I hear that talk more and more. And like you said, Vasant, that's a lot of data. Is that the chat? That's a that's a huge opportunity ahead, right? Yeah, we do think we do think um, sustainability. I mean, it's a broad term, and many people use different versions of it. But the whole idea of um, bringing more transparency to how food is grown um, and to be able to grow food in using more sustainable farming practices and being able to verify that that was done, I think is going to put a lot of onus on um, players across the value chain and the farmers um, to collect data, store data, uh, and make sure that they're able to also share the data, right? I do think we are going to see, and you're seeing that from the work. I mean, what you would have seen in our research, we have a bucket called sustainability-related technologies, and we debated that a lot internally because everything in agriculture is sustainability-related technologies in some form uh, because it's helping grow food in a more sustainable way. But we are seeing, in, at least now, that there are some specific technologies that are required to better measure, report, verify uh, you know, what was done in the field. Are there technologies required to you know, measure, uh, do soil sampling in a much more uh, um, uh, lower cost. And you have technologies that are required to be able to um, help farmers do better irrigation management. And they have, a lot of these technologies have been around for a while, but I think we'll see more uh, adoption of these technologies in the coming years. And, and also we see in the survey that farmers are indicating uh, that, you know, at least I think we saw about one in two farmers wanting to adopt new technologies um, a range of them that we had in the research, including farm management systems, precision agriculture, remote sensing, et cetera, in order to you know address some of the sustainability aspects. Yeah, that's a big deal because really some of that sustainability stuff is asking questions we couldn't answer without some of this technology, frankly, without yeah. lots of field observations, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons if you look at precision ag hardware, for example, 
like you will see that it's about 60-70% of farmers um, want are, are planning to are already using uh, these hardware devices to be able to, you know, whether it's in sprayers or whether it's in infield soil sensors or yield monitoring and mapping, et cetera, right? So there's already high usage of it and high interest in using this. But going connecting it back to the earlier part of the conversation, the question more is not the technology itself. I think it's about how do you bring this all together in a way that's digestible for the farmer and makes business sense, right? Um, sorry, Mary, I think you're going to say something. Yeah. I was going to say that sustainability, technology related to sustainability is a twofold. One is applying the technology to implement practices, but then we have now uh, like sustainability programs where you have to verify what you have done. And and I agree with your initial comment, which is you can only do this with data and technology, which is something that it's not readily available. And you have to go many years back uh, to record what practices you were doing. And and I think that that has been a hurdle for farmers as well on, on how to use this technology to record and verify what sustainability practice they are do- practices they are implementing. I understand that. That's true. But let's go to another topic real quick, because I think this is very interesting and related to sustainability and data capture, and that's on the regulatory side. Um, If I have this data, a regulator could come back and ask for it too, right? Listen, I think the one thing we did uh, mention in the research as well Mm -hmm. is that regulation is already playing an important role in shaping the space. And um, one of the data points that we have is you know, government-sponsored programs are one of the main reasons for adoption of, you know, sustainability programs. About 40% of farmers reported that they participate in some form of government-sponsored program. So to your question, really, yes, right? If you're participating in one of these programs, you are going to have to produce the data to show that you qualify for these programs. Or there might be some requirements on an ongoing basis where you have to record and show that you're compliant to the program. So it's no different than programs that have existed before. Uh, but with, like with any innovation in industries like agriculture, um, there is going to be a role for regulation to play over here. And that's one of the reasons why we specifically called it out. And there are some examples we have called out in the in the research as well um, from in a specific countries. But it differs a lot by geography. Uh, so I think it's going to be one piece of the answer. Uh, but with respect to regulators asking for the data, um, I think we mentioned this example in the research where we said, you know, there are some protocols that require like 100 different data fields to be collected with permanence requirements going up to 100 years. I mean, that's almost like, how do you do that as a farmer who probably you haven't, you didn't have technology systems in place to collect and measure everything, you know, even 10, 20 years ago, depending on your size of your operation. Um, So some of these requirements are very high, even with protocols that might not be, you know, that might be part of private programs run by companies across, you know, other companies across the food value chain. Well, that makes sense. I mean, it just, it, it's just a whole, a great opportunity in the long run, though, <clears throat> to be better at running my farm, better and be more sustainable and put more food on on tables around the world. I think that's where we see the promise of the tech. But like you say, there's kind of a some disconnects between the suppliers and the farmers that need to use them. Do you, what do you see as the ag tech? I want to wrap up with this, but what do you see as the ag tech categories that are really the strongest after you look at the survey based on 
um, of the future. I mean, there's a lot of stuff floating out there, but I'm throwing it throwing it to the wolves on this question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a tough that's a tough one. But hey, before I address it, really, it'll be injustice if I don't mention this on the sustainability piece. Yes, uh, we we also found that almost more than 50% of the farmers already adopt some of these sustainability farming practices. So it's not new to them. It's just the data collection aspect is what's burdensome. And treating sustainability as a brand new topic, and as no one's done this before, is also a little bit of a, um, you know, shouldn't be the case, right? Farmers have always wanted to, most farmers, at least in our survey, say they wanted to yeah. take care of their land. They want to have sustainable farming practices. But helping them get there is kind of on, you know, uh, is the, kind of the exam question for all of us who are trying to help the industry, right? Um, so sorry, sense. I just wanted to I make made sure I wanted to mention that on sustainability. Um, to your question, I think, I mean, we have tried to, we have tried bucketing this space quite a few times and everyone defines ag tech differently. Um, mm-hmm. We said it includes farm management software, precision agriculture hardware, remote sensing technologies, agribusiness marketplaces, farm robotics, automation, electric equipment, and sustainability related technologies. So we put six big buckets, which are still pretty broad and have some overlaps in between them too. Um, I'm, I think I'm not gonna answer your question directly, but right. I, what, what we saw in our survey is this high adoption of what pe- farmers define as farm management system, which is the base software you're using to manage the operations of your farm. This could be this could range from an ERP software you're running in the farm to something that you're using for economic insights, right? So that we have seen high level of adoption from farmers. On the leading edge, so that's on one end of the spectrum. On the leading edge, we're seeing interest and starting, uh, you know, ha- you know, increasing levels of adoption in farm robotics, automation, electric equipment, and also leaning into precision agriculture hardware, right? So those are areas where we are seeing, as you'll see the shot, you're seeing more interest and more, you know, farmers leaning into it. So again, like I said, it's a bit of a non-answer to your question. Um, but that should give a little bit of a sense of the landscape. Right? Well, that's fair. And I think the other side of it is that it behooves this, the ag tech startup to move toward areas that fill a need not uh, create a product that's looking for a solution, which that was the early days. We've gotten a lot better at that. But the other side, and, and one area that we talked about is the supplier. The the challenge ag tech startups have is the link between being at Silicon Valley, for example, and a farm in central Iowa, or even a farm in the Central Valley of California, understanding how that, I mean, how that farmer buys, understanding how that farmer's day-to-day workflow is compared to this image that someone might have when they're starting up with a product. Are we bridging those gaps better as, as you've gone through this survey three times? I think I think my observation, and Maria, you should jump in on this one, because I don't think there is a crystal ball on this one. I do think it's being bridged fairly well by some of the companies that are uh, um, that are building products for farmers. And also, you know, you can't build a product in agriculture by being, you know, or in any business, being far from the customer. So if you're building products and specialty crops, you want to spend time in Central Valley or Pacific Northwest, assuming you're in the U.S. market. If you are building products for the more of the cons, so I mean, you want to spend time in the Midwest and you want to have boots on the ground. So I think farmer... I think everyone recognizes this now. No one's sitting in their room somewhere else and building <laughs> software for you know someone else in the other end of the corner. Like especially in agriculture, it's very well established. You have to 
you know, be able to influence behaviors which takes high touch than other industries, right? And I'm very curious to hear yours. It, your yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you. I think that companies are closer to the farmer and we have seen adoption go up, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and the only reason why adoption is going up is because more farmers are using it. They are talking with, with the neighbors. Um, these companies are getting out there. So it is a good sign that not only year over year we're seeing more use, but uh, when we ask farmers in the next few years, what are your expectations? There's still still growth coming in the next few years. Well, that's fantastic. It's been a great rundown of the survey. I uh, really appreciate the, appreciate the insights that you both have offered today. And I thank you for joining me here on Around Farm Progress. I wish you luck in further work in exploring what's going on with ag technology adoption. And thanks for your insights. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us, Billy. Have you considered your adoption of new technology beyond auto steer and field maps? There are some solid innovations out there, but of course, as we discussed, return on investment matters. But there are other factors driving the industry toward adopting the new technology, and data management will be key. Thanks to Vasanth Ganesan and Maria Garcia de la Serrano Lozano from McKinsey & Company for sharing their work and insights about what they found. If you're interested in more information from the work they've done, you can find the report by visiting mckinsey.com. That's M-C-K-I-N-S-E-Y.com. Click on Industries, choose Agriculture, and on that page, you'll find the report. This was an interesting topic we covered in this episode, and if you don't want to miss what we're talking about here at Around Farm Progress, simply subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and more. And if you have a smart speaker, all you have to do is tell it to listen to Around Farm Progress, and you'll hear the latest episode. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands as well as farm futures, beef, national hog farmer and feedstuffs, and our events including Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, the Farm Futures Summit, and the New York Farm Show. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.